The best name for a thrash metal band ever. Flailing Chocolate, yeah. Flailing Chocolate! Please welcome to the stage on the first leg of their pan-European tour. Hello, Glastonbury! It's Flailing Chocolate. <laughs> I think it would work. It works, it works well. It works. I think we should do it. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, so we're only short a drummer, a singer, a couple of guitarists. You can sing. Right now I can't. You can sing. No. Well, all right. Obviously not with the not with the throat, but you know you can sing. <clears throat> I can. What kind of songs would a group called Flailing Chocolate actually do? High calorie ones. <laughs> I take it that was the cat. That was the cat. Okay. High calorie songs. High calorie songs. Okay. Yeah, saccharin. No. I think no, it's I time we set one. our listeners a challenge. Okay. We need to know the titles of the songs that the band called Flailing Chocolate can do. Because <laughs> we've just got no idea. Good God, so we broadcasting this. Yeah, we've got no idea what kind of songs they would do, and it's way too funny to let go. So please, answers on a bread and butter pudding or something. Hurled in the direction of old London town. Yes, and then a bit north, because lots of plants. Oh no, it north. was Bexhill on Sea, wasn't it? Greta Batter Pudding Hurler of Bexhill on Sea, yes. I was thinking of the Phantom Raspberry Blower. <laughs> exactly of old London town it was the dread the, the dreaded batter pudding hurler of Bexel on Sea mm. yes with a gas stove over his head walking backwards for Christmas oh god no let's, uh, let's there's a song they could sing <sighs> yeah no. I mean it's been done they could cover it they could cover it Thrash in chocolate <laughs> I mean you have to you can't you can't cover things in chocolate these days you have to enrobe them <laughs> We could, it wouldn't be a cover, it would be an enrobe. <laughs> it's like you're not allowed to put gar- uh, the SH on the end of garnish anymore. So the problem with that is that when you say live cover of, that sounds kind of cool and a little bit indie and kind of nice. Yeah. You say live enrobement of, you're going in a whole different direction and that's maybe a little bit... But is it? Is it a bad direction? <clears throat> it's a very... No, stop. Okay. Stop, stop. Um, heathenism. Oh, thank you. Welcome to Frithcast episode 5. We're going to do a bit of a journey around the world today. I'm Kate. I'm a not a heathen, a satru or otherwise. I'm, uh, I'm more, more a sort of a druidy thing, um, as we tend to settle on, um, with a hint of... of Coffee. Coffee. <laughs> yes, a, co- <laughs> a coffee-powered druid. Uh, coffee-powered druid! Yeah, that's that's basically I me. like that. I need to get you a t-shirt with that written on. <laughs> coffee-powered yeah, druid. With the last episode having a natter about the Havamal. Yes. And some of the bits and pieces that are in there and how it breaks down into sections. What I wanted to do with this one is look at cosmology. How the worlds fit together. What different realms are. Okay. Um, what the world as it stands today looks like. What 
yes, what okay. some of the, like we did with the Havamal, some of the familiar terms. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to take you on a strange journey. How strange? Very strange. You do do that awfully well. I know, it's the crow. But if you start talking about <laughs> thunderclouds... Hey, no, you know, the, the son of thunder might be about. You might get the odd thundercloud, but maybe not today. I've, I know what happens <laughs> after the thunderclouds in that show. Yes. Yes. Pendulous. Pen, uh, yes, anyway. Um, moving on. So, okay. <clears throat> let's... I see the world about me. <clears throat> yes. How does the world in heathenism differ from the world I see about me? Or... That's a really big question. But first, Jeffrey, lay out my travelling trousers. <laughs> no, not, not those. <laughs> those are my time travel trousers. Not those ones. Those are my fighting trousers. <laughs> Sorry. Travelling trousers, Jeffrey. Thank Sorry. you. Sorry, Professor. So, what I want to do is, uh, I think the worldview for me and you is probably the same but different. Okay. So you will see the world around you. Mm-hmm. And you will be able to, there will be a physicality to it. You can touch things and interact with things and walk around places. And that is and isn't Midgard, which is kind of strange. Midgard being? Midgard being here. The world we're in just now. Well, the realm we're in just now. The realm. Okay. So if you imagine, we've talked about some of the realms before, just mention them in passing. Mm -hmm. So we talked about the beginning of the universe. In the beginning there was fire and in the beginning there was ice. Yes. What those two are is not just an ice cube and a matchstick, it's two realms. One realm of fire and one realm of ice that come together across the the gap. And where they come together, that's where you start, things start happening, that's where the universe starts being created. Hmm. If you want to give them their posh proper titles, Muspelheim is the realm of fire. Okay. Niflheim is the realm of ice, the realm of glaciers and generally cold stuff. Alright. So they were like the primordial... Those are your two primordial realms that that come together. And when they come together, that starts, that sparks the events that follow and the beings that follow. And gradually from that, you get additional worlds, realms, um, realms and beings created from that. So we're going to have a bit of a journey around the nine worlds. Awesome. I'm going to start with a joke. Because... gods, Okay. We didn't do a whole lot of humour in the Havamal. Okay. So I figure we can probably throw a few of them in today. Listeners, there is about to follow a joke. Considering we're talking about travelling and going around the worlds today, around the realms, Mm -hmm. why is the God of Thunder such a good hitchhiker? I have no idea. None at all. Why is the God of Thunder such a good hitchhiker? Because nothing sticks out like a Thor thumb! I was trying to think of something intelligent to say after that, but I can't think of anything. Just drop the tone back down to our usual level. Okay. We've mentioned, you'll be familiar with the realm of fire, the realm of ice. Yep. Midgard, you know. Middle Earth, mm-hmm. from the, the Tolkien, things like Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, he has Middle Earth. Midgard, this is where he's got it from. Mm-hmm. You know there's Asgard, realm of the gods. I know Asgard, yes. Yes. With an awesome wall. So let's get into some of the ones you might not know quite so much. Okay. So we've mentioned Realm of Fire, Realm of Ice, Midgard, Asgard. So we've got one, two, three, four, five left to go. Niflheim, Muspelheim, Midgard, Asgard. Yes. Yeah. And Niflheim, Muspelheim, Midgard, Asgard. So you know those first four. I do. There are another 
five alongside it. You might think, hang on a minute, this world is getting a bit crowded. I'll tell you how they all fit together in a bit. Okay. So you've got Jotunheim, home of the giants. Mm-hmm. You have Alfheim, the home of the elves. Sometimes you'll see it written as light elf home. Okay. Because there is a dark elf home as well. So there are two realms of elves. Right. The other last two are Vanaheim, home oh. of the Vanir. Do you remember I said right at the beginning there are two groups of gods, Aesir and the Vanir? Yes, the Vanir are the nature gods. Vanir are the nature gods. Mm-hmm. So the Vanaheim is their realm where they originally come from. And Asgard tends to be where a lot of the stories are focused. Okay. So some of the Vanir, after the war, they swap hostages and some of the Vanir come and live in Asgard. Mm-hmm. But they also have their own realms as well. And, and presumably some of the Aesir go to live. <laughs> they do. That's not that. quite as successful. No? No. Okay. That might result in an accidental decapitation. Oh. You can't decapitate your hostages. Yeah, they... Yeah, no. Because that's how the war starts again. Yeah, no, they... Um, yeah, let's leave that okay. one for the time. Moving on. So, last realm is Helheim. I want to have a chat about this one a little bit, because Helheim is the realm of the goddess Hel or Hela. Mm-hmm. Hel with one L. And she looks after a lot of the dead. Okay. But it is not a place of... Bernie Bernie torment or guilt or anything else. It's actually kind of nice. So it's Hell's realm, but it's not Hell. Is it fair to assume that there's some link in the etymology there? I mean, is this where we get the word Hell from? Because we don't get it from... It's not from Latin. We don't get it from Latin. We don't get it from Hebrew tradition, as far as I'm aware. It's not from Greek. I don't think think it's Aramaic. I might have to go check where it's from, but there is some confusion with the words being so similar Mm. that the Norse realm of Helheim must be also a place of fiery, burny, burny, guilt, tormenty stuff. And it isn't. This happens in a lot of um, sort of pop culture or whatever you tend to find wherever there's a, a, a god of the underworld or an underworld to speak of, you tend to find that it, it gets represented as hell. Uh, yes. I mean, just to go off at a tangent for a second, the, the best example that springs to mind was in um, the Clash of the Titans remake mm. uh, when they introduced Hades. Yes. Uh, and, of course, they introduced him as a big, fiery, smoky demon yeah. wanting to do evil things to people, and it's like... Mm. Yeah, it kind of gets a bit wibbly around Dante's Inferno, I think. Mm. You start going from a realm of the dead to a realm of guilt. Punishment. Punishment, yeah. and atoning for sins in life. Mm. My one isn't quite like that. Okay. So you've now got nine realms, and you might think, it's getting a bit crowded in here. Mm. Because there's all these realms all kind of squishing in for space. But the way that they fit together is that we have the concept of the Yggdrasil, the world tree. Okay. And the realms sit in the branches, in the trunk, in the roots, so that they're all connected together. There are ways between the worlds. Mm-hmm. The most famous of the ways between the worlds is the Bifrost. This is the Rainbow Bridge, yes? Yes. A sparkly, sparkly, awesome rainbow bridge that goes between the realm of Asgard and the realm of Midgard. Okay. So it just does that that one journey? Just does that one journey. You can go backwards. Well, there are certainly accounts of people using the Bifrost to go from Asgard to Midgard. Mm. And you can only assume that the gods use it to go from Midgard back to Asgard again. It's not like a one-way ticket. But there aren't many accounts of 
human beings going from Midgard to Asgard, going up the Bifrost. Okay. Like, you know, wandering on up there like a little lemming thing going the wrong direction. I have to beg your indulgence again. <coughs> I, know I've, I've, I know I've touched on this before. Um, but, you you know, please forgive the fact that a lot of the imagery in my head when you say these things comes from movies. I, hence I'm familiar with the Bifrost. Yeah. But, but obviously in recent film treatments it's been presented as, as a, a device, I and mean, we'll put that aside, but it's a route that you can use to get from one from Asgard to any of the other realms. It can be directed and pointed and whatever, and I, that's why I was just mm. in the mythology, whether it was mm. a, a, like a set, literally a bridge, yes, or whether it was a sort of a... Like a, a transport pointable kind of launch pad, yeah. trampoline... Transport a beam or whatever. Uh, I've got wrong images of a tramp, a rainbow trampoline. A rainbow trampoline. Yeah, no, well, well, it's not as far as I know a rainbow trampoline. It's a bridge between Asgard and Midgard. Just do Asgard and Midgard again. Sorry, I was doing coffee. It's fine. They used to us doing coffee. I was putting the coffee down in the gap, but then you spoke <laughs> at the same time as I picked. What I thought was a gap. So, as well as the Bifrost and other passageways between the realms, there are creatures that make their home in the world tree okay, or around the world tree so there are several wee beasties none of them are timorous <laughs> that I want to talk about just for the last couple of minutes Okay, at the bottom gnawing on the roots you have a dragon Nidog okay. and he is trying to break the world tree he's trying to eat the roots away is it safe to call the said dragon a git? possibly well he's trying to break things yes is a git okay I just thought I don't want to make value judgments. I'm just saying it seems a bit destructive. He could like return all his library books on time, and you're just sweeping him away there with. I could. That's true. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. I should. It's I should setting. take. I should. I should pay more attention to nuance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Right. Carry on. Nithog. N- yes. Nidhog. Nithog. Nidhog. Yeah. Sorry. <coughs> Sorry! So, you've also got four deer that are eating the branches. Okay. And they are also, they're eating the leaves of the lower branches of the world tree. Alright. They're also trying to go nom 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 nom. That's the do. Obviously not had enough breakfast or something. When you're a deer, what constitutes enough breakfast? You know, somebody puts, you know, not just a tree. The world tree. But the world tree in front of you. Right there. You're going to have a munch, aren't you? Yeah, okay. I would, yeah. if I was no. a deer. <laughs> Didn't we cover being a deer last time? <laughs> Two episodes ago. Okay, so if you go right to the top of the tree, there's an eagle sat there, and he gets mentioned in the fact that between him and the dragon that live in the roots, there is what they call a flighting contest. Okay. This is one of the great Norse pastimes in the fact that it's essentially an insult competition. It's a rap battle. You are awesome. shouting your enemy down. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I always understood that rap comes from... It is a contest, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've seen sort of examples of these cases where people are, are, are sort of um, ad-libbing. What's the word? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> like free creation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, making it up on the spot, and and it can be it can be really impressive, very very impressive. So you have to imagine there's 
the equivalent of a dissing competition, a flighting, an insult competition between the eagle at the top and the dragon at the bottom. Okay. But it's a fair distance between the two. And they can't just kind of give it a yell and expect the message to get there. So enter the squirrel. The squirrel. The squirrel. I know about the squirrel. You know about the... Go on, tell me about the squirrel. I know about the squirrel. (laughs) Because I remember you telling me about the squirrel once. And his name is Ratatosk. Yeah. With an R on the end. Yeah. And he looks like Scrat. Just to you. To me, he looks like Scrat because... From the Ice Age movies. Yeah. Because it's the nose, isn't it? Um, it's the it's the just the expressiveness and the sheer <laughs> despair in that poor little. I can just imagine. I remember you saying to me that he carried messages to between these two. He does. That, yeah. that didn't like each other or internal flighting. Were, yeah, and that was the first image that came into my head. Was like instead of a instead of an acorn. Mm. If you've never seen the Ice Age movies, listener, I would heartily recommend at least the first, the first one because it's it's genius. Scrat it's is a, a prehistoric squirrel. It's a yeah, and he's like a sort of sideline to the main story. He never, or he very rarely makes any contact with the main characters, and just occasionally, sort of like the paths just happen to cross. Collide. But we follow Scrap intermittently all the way through the film, and he's trying to he's trying to rescue an acorn. It's like the last acorn he's been able to get hold of as the Ice Age sort of starts up, and he's just trying to find somewhere he can bury it and keep it safe. And all these terrible things keep happening to him, and he just has this look of sh- just despair on his face. Despondency. And I, yeah, and I always imagine, you know, he gets up to the <clears throat> eagle at the top, and instead of an acorn, he's got this piece of scroll or parchment or something or, or whatever with the with the message on. And he suddenly he, he shows it him or reads it out or whatever, and the, the and then he like tries to slink away and go off to do whatever squirrels do, and the eagle's like, "Hold it right there!" <laughs> and I can just see Scrat's face going. Or Ratatosk's face going, oh no, <laughs> what now? <laughs> tell him, that dragon, and he's like, I don't want to tell him anything else. <laughs> I'm going to get eaten sooner or later. <laughs> I went on a bit there. So that's all right. Yeah, I remember Ratatosk. Ratatosk. So it's been a very brief zoom around the worlds. Hold tight, Min. We're doing three miles an hour. We'll all be murdered <laughs> in our beds. <laughs> So just before we go, before yes. we go, yeah, yeah, because we said you said you were going to sort of say where these worlds are. Yes. So where are they in relation to? They're all here and not here. Okay. It's oh, well, it's complicated. But we did the it's complicated. The realms, the worlds interlink to this one and they overlay this one. So I always understand it as a stack of three plates. Okay. With three realms on each, and Midgard is in the middle plate. Uh-huh. So there are realms if you go up and realms if you go down, realms if you go sideways. But it's kind of like, you know, if you asked a Roman, were Romulus and Remus raised by wolves? They would say, well, of course they were. Mm. And you say, what, really, an actual wolf raised two human babies? And they go, don't be blooming ridiculous. Mm. It's kind of like that. So you have the <clears throat> the historical truth and the mythic truth overlay each other. Yes. And both are accepted as the truth. Yes. But they serve different purposes. Yes, yeah. and they don't. Um, yeah, they don't clash with each other. You could also compare the Celtic other world. Yes. In the sense that that exists here, where we are. But in order to access it, you have to find a gateway through, and you don't move anywhere. You don't travel in time or travel in space. You travel somewhere else. 
Yes. But the world sort of shifts around you. Yeah. Yes, so there are there are those heathens who will journey to the other realms. Okay. But they won't physically buy a an airplane ticket to Jotunheim. It's, <laughs> so you don't get to sort of pack a bag and physically travel to Jotunheim. You can't get a plane journey there. There's no helicopter that you can chart to go to Asgard. Mm. You know, spend two weeks sitting in Eden's apple orchard and then come back and have had a nice holiday. It's not that kind of understanding. Mm. It's very much... A, it's here, but it's not here. Okay. Um, and it is, as you say, a historical and a mythic past that overlay each other, mm. and both are correct. Fabulous. So it's been a little bit of trying to get your head around things in this episode, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's all good. It's um, all good. Well, for the... To wrap up today... Okay. I'm Suzanne. You can find me on um, Facebook and also on Twitter... And if you want to find me, I am available on online as Kate Coldwind. You can find me uh, on uh, Google+, usually talking about computer games, or uh, Facebook, usually arguing with somebody about something, or on Twitter. Any of those, uh, you'll find me. Come and say hello. So, that's it for today, and we'll see you next time. All right. Coffee-powered druid. Coffee-powered druid. I'm just going to go and uh, charge charge my... Uh, batteries. 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 Batteries? Fuel tank? I know what druids have. I don't know. We'd best find out, hadn't we? Uh-huh. Okay. Alright, see you next time. See you next time. Bye-bye. introduce ourselves do you want to do an introduction to put the beginning? oh god we didn't <laughs> oh. <sighs> yes we do an introduction now and then we can just snip it out and put it at the beginning yeah be dead easy okay nobody'll notice you sure no <laughs> <laughs>